Let's go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you guys out there, men, women, creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, CEOs, innovators, artists, musicians, all of you guys in, in your varying ways and your varying things that you're doing. Um, you know, you probably draw outside the lines, think outside the box. Maybe you're looked at a little crazy by society, but we love you. We get you. We're, we're all very much the same. Uh, the guests that come on the show are very much the same. In fact, I just kind of laughed just because I was looking at my guest and <laughs> she looked at me and I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, we definitely get you. Um, you know, we take a different path and there's nothing wrong with that. I think now more than ever, as you're seeing that the, the taking the, the different path and, um, sometimes embracing the uncertainty allows you to adapt when there's even more uncertainty, right? And so I think now we're living through that even more than ever. Um, appreciate all of you guys for constantly tuning in. As you guys know, uh, I never glamorize or glorify in success. It's uh, it's uh, different for every single person, how we gauge success, what is success, what, you know, it's not a metric. I, I believe it's more of a feeling and a being in your thing and doing what means the most to you. And of course, uh, there is no arrival date there's no the the journey is the journey until it ends and that's usually death (laughs) not to make it like that morbid or anything but it's true like you're always i think going to be reinventing yourself and learning something and building something and creating something and trying something new so that's what we try to feature here more of uh i'm grateful for all of you that constantly tune in and for those of you that are a bit newer uh welcome to the show i'm matt goddessman it's nice to meet all of you guys i appreciate all the ratings and reviews that everybody's leaving um, on Apple. Thank you so much. Apple definitely recommends more from that. So I am uh, in uh, debt of gratitude to all of you guys. And we have another, another, another great show today. I'm, I'm stoked because it's another returning guest. I love when I have the guests that come back on, especially if it's been a minute. And uh, so I have Sage Aubrey Lohman on. Sage uh, is the founder of a Sage Aubrey collection, which we're going to talk about. Um, and uh, she has seriously in my opinion, redefined the way uh, to do business in the fashion industry and in retail industries. Um, and it's close to my heart because when you preach something like the way she does it for a, quite a while um, and trying to get big brands sometimes to understand like this new era that we live in, this new digital age that we live in, this new um, way we connect with our audience and our consumers and have a relationship, um, it's cool to watch somebody like Sage just like lead the way in that and own it more so than anything. Um, you know, meanwhile, you still have other brands that kind of watch on from afar and be like, but how, how do you do that? <laughs> it still cracks me up because it's like, it's just authenticity and really owning like why you're doing what you're doing and then having, um, you know, the courage to have a relationship and open dialogue with the people you do it for. There's really not much else into the magic of that other than just that there's a lot of growth that happens from all of that, right? So we're going to talk a lot about, you know, how this new era that we're living in. Um, and just to give you a quick, for those of you that that might be newer or that didn't um, get to hear Sage's first episode, I want to give the quick bio on her. 
Uh, she is a designer, an entrepreneur, a mother, a wife. She's an influencer at this point and really influencing heavily both in her industry and also as an entrepreneur and as a female founder and as a wife and a mother. Uh, she's, as I mentioned, a creator and founding vision behind the Sage Aubrey Collection, started her career in fashion at 22 when she opened her first woman's boutique, was nominated by Arizona Central uh, as one of the top 30 entrepreneurs under 30 in Phoenix for her success in both the brick and mortar and online retail space. In 2010, she pursued her personal passion to advocate, advocate against sex trafficking and help raise awareness on a two-year philanthropic mission throughout Southeast Asia. I remember the first time we sat down and talked about that, by the way. That was incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, and the majority of her efforts abroad were focused in India, where she provided aid to some of the world's most impoverished communities. Uh, she went on to launch her eponymous. 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 Eponymous sounds good, Eponymous. <laughs> That's actually, I mean, I'm, I love, like, verbiage and, <laughs> and vocabulary. But eponymous brand, uh, Sage Aubrey, in 2015, with her collection seen on the arms of celebrities and esteemed global fashion influencers, she was nominated uh, by Purse Blog in 2017 as an up-and-coming designer. And she was selected in 2019 for the esteemed FITDE, Fashion Institute of Technology and Design Entrepreneurs Program in New York City. Uh, I remember when that happened, by the way. Uh, I remember talking to you briefly through text about that. Uh, and then watching your stories, actually, while you were in taxi cabs <laughs> doing that, too. That's how much uh, we get to, yeah, in New York, while we follow uh, each other's journeys. When you follow people that you really admire their journeys, it's, it's cool to see all that happening. So fun. Um, and uh, her style and originality uh, uh, has made her really a coveted speaker, creator, and successful entrepreneur. And she's really done some cool things moving away from traditional wholesale strategies and created a thriving direct-to-consumer business. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And, um, you know, she's she's constantly building on her personal brand and now really, you know, showing you both the business side of her and the personal side of her, because there's so much more, I think, I know, um, than sometimes the brands that people see that we curate to market. There's a whole other person in a human existence behind the brand and like our lives contain a whole other set of, uh, you know, um, aspects of the journey. So I'm glad that she's doing a lot more of that. And, uh, you know, she's really, as she continues to build her personal brand, she's been pioneering like this industry and uh, making it a lot more transparent, which is also a very, very big deal. And she was also nominated Best of the Valley Handbag Designer, Arizona Foothills. Welcome back, by the way. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Yeah. It's actually nice to get out of the house because I've been officially um, in quarantine for 52 days. Oof, yeah, and yeah. I, I've been styling every day since I've been in quarantine. Yeah, well, I and I appreciate um, I appreciate your your stories. Uh, <laughs> your stories are I've, from hanging out into like the laundry room. Yes, you know, and making that look pretty exciting, actually. Yes, I've learned to master the art of the IG story. Right, you um, have. You you, really... you just have to in this day and age. Yeah, the template just doesn't work anymore. But it's been so much fun. It's amazing how like I was like, okay, when this pandemic hit, I was like, I can't save the world. But right. what do I have to offer? And I've always been known for being like funny and stylish and obviously the founder of Sage Aubrey. So it was like the perfect time for me. I was like, I'm going to do the hashtag styling Corona <laughs> and I'm going to challenge myself and then challenge my community yes. to get up, stay in a regimen, dress up, feel good, be the part and stay motivated. So what turned into something as a challenge for myself ended up challenging my community. And it's just been so much fun. Well, and, and it, it's interesting because you end up learning that much more about a about yourself and and about your community, and then because the dialogue continues to expand, I think that's the part that people sometimes miss. And and like 
Um, and you're when you're leading the way with something like, I have no idea if this will work, but let's have some fun. It then also it expands like exponentially beyond anything you could think. Yeah. And my big thing was like, I'm like, I don't want it to be something that's superficial. I want it to be something that's like joyous that people right. can come there in and go. be like, she's not just like, oh, my God, like dressing in the cutest outfit every day <laughs> in quarantine. It was like, no, how do I like inspire joy? Right. And motivate. And then it was so nice, like throughout this whole process to get these messages from women to be like, hey, you really gave me a really good excuse to get up and actually blow dry my hair out and put myself together. And I was that much more productive in the day. Yeah. And I'm like, that's all I could have ever asked for. You know, for anybody listening for context, just so everybody's aware. So Sage is a badass um, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, a female founder for um for the handbag line and for and for Sage Collection, Sage Aubrey Collection, mm -hmm. um, and being really, really, really real and honest. And the reason why I have to say that is because I want to separate out in case you're listening from like the 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 bloggers that come on and are like, like and, and during quarantine, like so check out these new Louboutins that yes. and they're doing unboxing. I'm like, you realize you're highly disconnected from the world right now. Like unboxing and, and okay, beautiful shoes. Where are you going with them? Also, yeah. what? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I mean, I there's a disconnect with the audience, even if, even if they're like, even if her or his audience is cool with whatever they're displaying, it there's there's not being able to adapt to a time frame. Yeah, and I think being able to, um, first of all, I don't think I don't know that their connection with their community is super right. Um, if there deep is one. and heartfelt, there you know, you like, and, and I don't, I, I, I have so much praise for them and what they've done in the digital world to be able to like find the success that they have. But I think the difference between what I've built and maybe what an influencer could be doing at this time with just taking a picture of the pictures of themselves and da da da, right. da Well, what I was actually doing is creating conversation with yes. my community well said. and like inspiring joy and having fun and being funny. Like I've always made kind of fashion a mockery, which is interesting because it's my business and it's what I know best. But I, what I found with this industry and sometimes I think with influencers is that they have this ability to be able to make a lot of women feel like they're casted out mm -hmm. because they're not skinny enough, pretty enough, rich enough or whatever it is to be a part of having good style mm. and having good style isn't just about purchasing the latest swag thing that you can get and then putting it on yourself and taking a really good curated filtered picture. It's not what it's about, right? You know, it's really about exuding confidence and, you know, putting your best foot to the world really helps in, I would say people in general, but women specifically to feel confident to go out and ask and get what they want. Mm. So that's really what it was kind of about and just staying motivated in a time of like an SHIT slump is really important. I think, you know, specifically men and women, but a lot of us have multifaceted roles. Yes. And I have two little girls at home. And I was like, I don't want them to look at me unmotivated mm. and scared. I want them to look at me and be like, okay, mom's getting up every single day. Um, you know, we have really open conversations with them. We're like, people are sick right now. So we have to take extra precautions, but that doesn't mean that we don't get up and we don't fulfill every single day to the best that we can. And I think that creates a sense of calm and security in them as well. Yeah. You know, and that's what was really important for me. So we limited the news and we made sure that we stayed on a regimen 
And a part of that regimen for me, specifically also in the fashion business, is I get up and I, I look my part every single day. What time do you get up? 5.30. Beautiful. Still? Oh, yeah. Even during the, Well, I guess, and as a parent, I'm not a parent, but I, I can imagine as a parent that <laughs> you need that time especially. Well, and, you know, to be totally honest, I wake up at between like 5.30, Yeah. And um, I talk a lot about this, too, is like um, I built this community not off just being like, oh, fuck, I have to put an Instagram post up. Right. I built this community so intentionally with every, so every single morning I wake up at 530 in the morning and I sit over and I look at my content and my feed and I'm like, how can I inspire the women here today? How can I make them laugh? How can I bring joy? How can we find a way to connect deeper than what we did yesterday? So everything is so intentional that I do with the conversations that I have at Sage Aubrey. And that takes a lot of time and thought. So I like to get that done before my kids wake up because I can really like, I can be really in the moment for the women in my community. So what most people realize mm. when they come into Sage Aubrey, there's just so much heart and depth yeah. into like everything that I do. So just from the Instagram posts, I have people who behind the scenes help curate the content, but there will be no one that will ever touch my voice because that's right. like, that is like my baby. And I protect my women and my community so fiercely that um, it's just something, it's another one of those things that I put into kind of like my regiment of my day that it's kind of almost meditative for me in the morning. Yeah. Which sounds bizarre. Not but at all. Um, for me as being a really intentional business owner, mm -hmm. it's just a part of the way I start my day. So it's like coffee, my Instagram post, and then I just feel so much joy from that. It just kind of like starts the day. Yeah, no, um, in, uh, in the beginning, uh, or at least for the first several years, uh, it was very meditative for me in the morning. I would have my coffee and do my posts, especially since I'm writing out my thoughts and, and like thinking about the intention behind the content and that aspect of my life and the community. I mean, it's actually very meditative and, and it's because it's coming from a place of, you know, also a value in community and, and growth. So yeah, yeah you know, no, it's, it's incredible. And then, um, uh, and then I, I also like the fact that um, you will forever be in charge of your voice. Yes. I think that's so highly uh, impactful that people don't realize um, that, you know, it's the, it's the connection between you and the audience. And sometimes people forget that because they're more concerned with like content or, or sales or this. And it's like, no, no, no. Like that connection is the core for everything else. I think so. And I think today, like with, business and going forward and how we're all in these niches. Um, I think we have to really be heartfelt for our customers today. I don't like, it's the one way that we can compete against the big guys that have millions of dollars in advertising funds. Um, I think the way that we connect deeper with our customer is through our heart. And I've only understood that. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 14. Everything I've ever built has been around women. And developing relationships with women is something that it's, it's what I've always built my success around and making women comfortable. And because I've been working with women since I was 14 years old, I've grown to see how uncomfortable society makes women. And so I feel like my sole duty is to just let women be untamed, come as they are, be authentic and let's grow a different voice in the fashion community. So that's just been 
you know, this industry notoriously has intimidated women and made us feel excluded from one another. And they've made that cool and they've made it a hype. And then mm. I didn't realize how they did that. And for I learned that intimidation is the number one sales tactic. That's mm. how. Right. Bullshit. I mean, you're absolutely right, but I, I have to call bullshit on the fact that they, that's even a tactic in the first place. It's very, it's, a, it's such a misogynist industry. Mm. And so many people don't realize, and I didn't realize until I was in my, in the program that I was accepted into last year at FITDE at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. Um, I was awarded into this opportunity. That they, they select 24 emerging designers every year to be a part of this. And we embark on a six month, very intensive business building mentorship program. So I was living in New York and it was single-handedly almost the push, like the mentor that I had has built huge fashion brands. And I didn't really have the balls to jump off the cliff to say, I don't need these like huge wholesale businesses to make me have value or to give me value. I really, I, I needed the push for her to look at me and be like, and I don't know why, I think it's a female thing where we just need to, like, sometimes we need validation and like, you can go do this. And I think it's a human thing. <laughs> or like a human thing. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I almost needed her validation because I saw her as a very successful figure to be like, you can grow, grow this thing the way you want to, Sage. And you've got all the power and the ability to be yeah. able to do it but you need to go and start speaking about it like yesterday. Right. So I finally had the balls as of last year, um, springtime about this time to unveil even further of myself and my intimate, my own intimidation of being in this industry. And I started to speak about it to my community. And I said, you know, these are, this is the finding that I found through major data research that this industry, the luxury industry, intimidates women into purchasing, and this is how they do it. Mm. They set up their store floors this way. They put the lighting a certain way. They hire certain sales associates, and they train them to be to make the more and more insecure and vulnerable they make you feel, the quicker they can capitalize off of That's you. That's pretty messed up. Yeah, so the more excluded you feel as you walk into these luxe stores, they know that you are becoming more and more insecure. And the car sales industry does it. You know, they mm. lock you into those little fucking rooms and you're like, get me out. <laughs> Let me go speak I'll, I'll to just, my manager. I'll just buy the fucking car <laughs> because you're freaking me out. Right. These, the banking industry does it. Right. So many industries do, does it. I didn't realize that I was in an industry and I was a part of a problem. Mm. And I was. And so until I really discovered the issue, I didn't know to do better until I knew to do better. Right. right. Which is life. Yes. We don't know until we know. And then when we know what we know. We got to do better. Yeah. And so it was interesting. So once I discovered this issue in the industry, I was like, I no longer want to be a part of this. And mm. there was something inside of me for a long time that wanted me to take this to be more community driven. Yeah. Um, I just never knew how I was going to do it. And in 2018, I started to get on my stories and really just start to show my face more. Mm hmm. And then from that point, going into 2019, when I was accepted into this program, and um, this woman gave me permission, which she really didn't. I just went out and I, I, you know, I gave myself the permission as well. well sometimes it's just, uh, it's funny, we can hear something a million times, but if you hear it at just the right tone, at just the right time, it's like, 
it, the light bulb goes on and you're gunning it like 150 miles an hour now that you know it, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's what happened. Mm. I, I, it was a really pivotal moment for me. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just being mentored and, you know, sitting around all these incredibly talented designers in mm. this program. Um, I remember one specific day I was sitting around this huge round table of all of us that were in there and we were getting mentored by a, a couple of the different mentors that day. On, I don't even remember what the issue was, but I remember looking around that room and being like, these are some of the most talented people that are up and coming in this industry. And all of them are trying to build their brands through this typical wholesale retail model. I was mm -hmm. like, there's a problem here. And it's like something, it was like another light had dawned on me. I was like, why am I sitting here as a hyper creative, not creating a new way mm. to market and to sell to women? Like, why am I not an innovator in this? And it was just a, it was another one of those like profound moments for me as a creator and as an entrepreneur where I was like, I can go and be honest. And if that's the suicide of this company, then so be it. But at least I know that I've done it ethically. Yes. And I actually, who I am as a woman stood for what I wanted in a company and also for a better, just for a better human race, you know? So it was crazy. I, I came back here, um, summertime last year and I found a local guru who could help me word this new vision that I had for this brand. And I pulled out of large retail partnerships that I didn't believe fit this mold of who I wanted Sage Aubrey to be and look like and feel like. And until I think, until I grow my community large enough that we can change the way that women are sold to, I just don't want to be involved with large retail that sells to women in any other form than that. What an awesome ballsy move. Crazy. I really respect that. No, and, and I actually think it makes perfect sense because now you're not conforming to the way things are, you're leading the charge of a new, an entirely new direction. And you're willing to take a step back and build it the right way, which takes time. And that's hard for a lot of people because some people, they get caught up in the, I need it now, I want it now syndrome. And it's like, no. Like, if you really, really want long-lasting, sustainable change, you got to be willing to, to take those steps back and build the infrastructure the way you want it. Yeah. And you have to take huge risks. I mean, huge. this was a huge risk for me because I had a really lofty, safe wholesale business. I yeah. did. And, um, but like, let's fast forward to now the times that we're in today. Yep. All of these brands that have relied solely on their wholesale business, yep. which was at one time very lofty is going to get very interesting for them now because they've been writing a pretty I mean, it's a tumultuous wave in fashion, but a pretty smooth wave. Like once you get in with these large retailers and you're being factored by the right factor, they all own each other. They all are in bed with each other. That's why all the same brands are sold in all the same stores because they're all owned by all the same people who are essentially funding all right. of the large retail stores. Hmm. So um, once you start to learn a little bit more about the industry, it's actually very interesting. And nearly like three people own most of the brands that you shop and yep. sell today. Um, so it's like a little mafiosa. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but anyhow, that's a whole other subject, <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be interesting times today because I think these brands that have been so disconnected from their customer who haven't built heartfelt, who don't have either ethics or sustainability, 
or something in their business model. It's not just going to be about anymore just buying the shirt that they're telling you to buy because you'll look better wearing it. I am. I, I just truly believe there's going to be a huge shift in the mindsets oh, yeah. um, of going forward. And I think a lot of. Uh, I think what this is going to do, it's going to bring a lot of things back home. It's going to bring a lot of things more support local. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we're actually going to be in this buy less, feel more sort of era. I would love for you to expand on that. I was listening to Jerry Lorenzo talk about that. I'm a, I'm a fan of Jerry Lorenzo as mm-hmm. well too, fear of God. Right. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know his business model per se, like the, the bigger picture, the business model, et cetera. But, um, but it was interesting because he was talking about, um, people buying less, but even if something is expensive, the, it's the quality is there. You don't need 10 of these, mm-hmm. but one really good one of this, one really good one of that, one of, like in this whole kind of minimalist style. Because, you know, and, and a, a couple of people on the wall didn't really fully understand when he was first saying that, like, uh, dude, you have $800 sweats. <laughs> and then he was like, well, we also have the essentials. But outside of that, mm-hmm. somebody else, somebody else commented, like, hey, he's not, he's not talking about necessarily less of a price in in certain ways he's meaning more of a we don't need more of everything we just need quality mm-hmm. and you know in each of the little areas of the things that we need you know and that they can last us for some time totally and like in the fashion industry they have this mindset of feel less mm. buy more hmm. which is very interesting so the less you feel they know that they'll capitalize more off of you Wow. Um, which is why I also flipped the script on that, which I made my new slogan in Sage Aubrey is buy less, feel more. Mm. Um, because I think that when we buy something that's of quality, yes, but also comes from something that is like whether it's ethics driven or sustainably driven or uh, female founded or whatever it is, when you associate and something emotional that feels really good for you with something that's quality, mm-hmm. you're bound to take better care of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, wanna, I want you to keep going, but it's interesting because psychologically, you know this from the time a child has their blanket <laughs> all the way to, you see this with, with people even older that don't even realize that they're doing it, where like they've got that one or two things that like are all, maybe sometimes just all the way down ragged at this point. And people are like, why do you still use it? Like, it's my favorite thing. Because there's an emotion that's tied to it. There is. And when we can be connected through something that has good value or meaning behind it, that right there doubles its value emotionally, physically, financially, like everything. So that is single-handedly, like if you are a business owner, that's what you have to think of. Mm -hmm. Like how is someone emotionally going to connect to your product? And if they find if they find themselves emotionally moved from who they are today to who they're becoming by purchasing your product or wearing your product or the way you you make them feel, I think that is critical. Mm. And so what's interesting that we're doing here at Sage Aubrey, which it's crazy and a pandemic that the brand is still selling and we're doing really, really well, is that it's not about it's not about just buying this luxe item anymore. They're connected to a community of women who are actually making change. We're all change makers. We're disruptors in this industry Mm -hmm. or in my community. And that's what there's so much value on that. To be a part of something that's like 
really revolutionizing and making social 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 change. Excuse me, I can't speak. But I, I really, truly believe that what I'm trying to do without sounding like a psycho narcissist in the fashion industry is change the mindset and and the ability for a woman to walk into a store and be like, actually, what you're doing to me is intimidating me and you're just trying to capitalize off of me. Right. I want her to understand that she doesn't have to be intimidated anymore. She's makes enough money. She's powerful enough. She's got her own mind that she can say, you know what? I'm not buying into this shit any longer. I can walk out. Yes. And Amen. that pressure from her understanding her power and her confidence to say, you know what? This isn't for me anymore. And that's not why I'm going to purchase product anymore. Just because you've manipulated me for over these, over these years. And you've right. intimidated me into these purchases. This confidence that women can have from this, just from the fashion industry, I think can put pressure on, mul- on a multitude of different industries for women to start asking for more. I, you know, and I don't think it's really limited to just women. And it's not just women, but yeah, they're the but 85% I, 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 of the purchasing. Right, right. So that's and, just why I say and, that. And, and, and I mean, and yeah, and that's your community. So, yeah. you know, for full disclosure. But, but to, to add, to expand on that, men go through it too. Absolutely. You know, uh, the, the, the funny thing is, is that um, the more things are different, the more things are the same. And I think sometimes men and women, I hope that they they realize that more and more at the same time that they go through very similar things. You know, men get um, you know intimidated. It's a different type of intimidation that they're that they're getting from the from the stores and from the car dealerships and you know all these other things. Like, you know, oh well, what can you afford? Like, like you know, it's all about like how they say certain things and do certain things. Mm. Um, and um, you know, men so you feel like you have to prove yourself. Yeah, uh, there you go. So men a lot of times have to prove their worth. Mm-hmm. So men run into worthiness options. That's why they. That's why they consume. Ha- I mean, I'm speaking more from my own. You know, I the way I used to consume, or the way even just the way uh, I used to maybe care about certain things. I'm like, wait a minute. It wasn't until I threw that out. I'm like, why do I have to care about what anybody else thinks? Mm-hmm. And I, and once I started to throw that out, and it's like even to the point where like I've now to in environments like that, I'm like, oh, your disapproval means nothing to me. I actually had to say that out loud and a couple of times and <laughs> people were like, excuse me. I'm like, no, I won't, but thank you so much. I really appreciate this, uh, you know, back and forth. And now I'll, I'll take my business elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But, but that takes something to get to that point. That's not how we start off. We start off sometimes in places of, of vulnerability, of a different type of vulnerability where we're, we're not comfortable yet in that vulnerability to speak our truth. Totally. But what this industry has done is that it's casted out so many, I will say men and women, mm-hmm. who have the funds to be able Absolutely. to purchase this beautiful product. Absolutely. But they're like, I'm not walking into that fucking place. Or I don't, I, I feel, right. I'm, I'm scared. Like, it's right. scary. It's intimidating. You're like, I'm. Like, if I think about if I go shopping on a Saturday, I don't shop during the week because I don't have the time. But if I go on a Saturday, I'm generally as a, I'm like mom on Saturday and yeah. Sunday, you know, so I'm like in full blown, you know, sweatpants and looking not at my best. That's when I would go shopping and spend the majority of my money. So I always think about that. I'm like, so these people are going to intimidate me, yet I could walk into the store and buy what I wanted. Yeah. But I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't feel secure enough to do it because I didn't mm-hmm. look good enough. Or I, I knew I was going to question myself doing that. And I'm like, I think about how many women, how much they're actually losing by casting all of these people out. You want a space that feels absolutely so welcoming Rewarding. that no matter what somebody um, 
you know, shows up as, as long as it's their whole best self, they're able to ask questions, feel good about whether they want to or not want to purchase something today, tomorrow, anytime in the future, ask questions if they need to, you know, and really feel just all around their, their whole authentic selves. My gosh, like what if you, cause you know, you think about when you go to buy these like nice luxury products, you mm. save up for a long time. It's for an anniversary. It's for a, it's a, it's a birthday gift. Right. It's, you've just had your first baby, whatever the situation is, you're doing something to reward yourself. So why is it at this time that you should feel like the most shit? Why are you rewarding yourself? Mm. It should really be where you walk into an atmosphere and people are like, what did you do to get this? Like, what have you like the conversation needs to look different. Yes. And it needs to make the person who's purchasing that product feel iconic. And I think that the person who is selling to the person who's purchasing that should also feel really good, happy, self-aware, you know, um, totally. uh, humble and um, in their vibe and be like, hey, like, I'm, I'm here to help you. Like, what do you want to know? Because I've also noticed I, I, I've got a couple of friends, one, one in particular, I liked when he went uh, shopping for a supercar, knew nothing about it. And he noticed the intimidation from some of the, the, um, the, the dealerships where they, the, the narrative was always the same until he went, you know, in a way, I won't say which cars because the community is small, but, but it was, I mean, he, he'll talk about it all day long, but then he went to a very unique style supercar and he was just like, can you teach me like this process of like what goes on in like in doing all this stuff? And they were very friendly, like, oh yeah, like no problem. Here's how it works. Here's what some people try to do. And it's probably not a good thing. Here's where it's a better position to be in to do it this way. Here's how this works. Like, you know, and he was like, thank you so much for teaching me. Yes. Like the environment, call it. Now it's obviously a smaller, smaller, but even well, more well-known brand, but a smaller, like where they work closely with that. But it made all the difference in the world. And he took that with him as like, wow, it's interesting how I was, I, this was an educational opportunity I didn't feel intimidated by versus these people over here are like, oh, yes, buy it for this reason. Like I, like, I actually genuinely like cars. Like, I need to talk to somebody who actually knows about cars and not just trying to sell me one and what the process is like so I don't get taken. Yeah, and so you, know. you, feel, you feel good from the moment you look outside the store to the yeah. moment that you walk in to the moment that you talk to a customer service representative that the whole process just feels like you're being rewarded and yes. like you're, you're, it's like your trophy. You know what I mean? Like you've done something to reward yourself for this. Mm. So you should feel really, really uplifted and very confident throughout the whole process. So I just envision a different future for the fashion industry. I, I envision that when Sage Aubrey opens stores, I want to do something really just something that feels just so warm and friendly and rewarding. And the whole process for a woman is just uplifting. And I just think that I, I think about her walking into the store, but most importantly, I think about her walking out of the store. Mm. And I was like, I want that woman who maybe didn't come in completely confident to walk out fully assured of herself. And that is the way I see like the triangle of, or this like circle of who and what I want this woman to look like when she arrives into Sage Aubrey and when she exits out of Sage yeah, you Aubrey. you wanted to feel a certain way that's, that's at peace. You know? Yes. And then everything else trickles out from there. When you're ready to do the stories, you let me know because I'll, I'll digitize the, you know, like there was, there's, um, it's interesting how, there have been a few brands that have, um, when they did the physical retail, even though they had a strong online presence, they did the physical retail and people were like, wow, why would you go into physical retail? 
it's because they knew how to bridge the gap using technology to continue to keep the community going so that it was a digital in-store experience and out-of-store experience. And I was like, that's how it's done. So that way there's the 360 of, of the community. Let me ask you on that subject matter. So you pull out of these, you know, these uh, retailers and um, you're focused on direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful time for that, but I think sometimes people might be a little intimidated or they're not really sure. Mm -hmm. I think it's a beautiful time for that. Can you talk a little bit more about that, you know, what that looks like and, and, and whatnot? Yeah, so um, when I was in New York, and I was meeting with all these fashion buyers and executives and, you know, sitting around these round tables with very successful brands and people who run um, basically the fashion industry in New York. And I told them, I was like, I have this feeling that I need to pull out of wholesale. I need to pull out of large retail. And they're like, that will be the death of you. This will be your, this will be your career suicide as a designer. So like, hold on tight, essentially, is like they all were very negative about the way I wanted to do it. And I've always seen the industry where I've always been obsessed with the motivational space and my talent and skill set is style. And so I had, I, I have always wanted to bridge motivation with fashion. And so I was like, how do I bridge this gap? Like, how do I bring the motivation industry into the fashion industry? And so this is what I really worked on with my mentor with. And she's like, what you need to go out and do is tell your honest story about getting into this industry, how you felt intimidated, and we're going to change the way women are going to shop and the way that they're going to feel when they shop, essentially. So I asked her, I was like, well, how am I going to do this? And she's like, you're going to get on every plane. You're going to speak at every conference you're going to get in front of as many women as you possibly can. And in five years, Sage, I truly believe you will like revolutionize this industry and you will bridge the gap between motivation and fashion. She's like, because I do believe that they can be like one. So basically what she said, she's like, the power is like within you and you've got to go and you've got to be directly sitting in, in the audience with your customers and you need to be telling your heartfelt story. And so I have been doing exactly that. And any business that I had, which I had a six-figure business from my, wholesale, um, from my wholesale clients, I have within an eight-month time period, I have made all of that money back. Mm. And I, have, I feel like I have a purpose. I feel more connected to my community. I feel more motivated than I've ever felt. And I see that this is something that it takes my full power every single day to wake up and to get in front of my audience and to sell the product that I have to sell and also sell this idea of how we can revolutionize this industry and bring ethics back into fashion, but not only fashion, but into a multitude of different industries. So Really, to be totally honest, the power has been within me showing up every single day, Matt, and sitting down with women, getting into audiences, and talking about what I've revealed in this industry. And that right there, single-handedly, has been my marketing widget, because a light bulb goes on when mm -hmm. we sit and we talk about this industry and about what they do to men and women and how they intimidate them into purchasing. Yes. 
a light bulb goes on for people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I didn't even realize that. I knew I felt like crap, but I didn't realize that this is what they were doing to me. That is what's building the momentum behind Sage Aubrey because people want, people don't want, they're, we're not stupid anymore. No. And it's almost like they need someone to just be like, it's okay to not buy into this BS anymore. And there's other really amazing options. I, I truly, I love that because it's actually happening in every single industry, you know, um, you know, maybe sometimes not as sexy, but where a lot of, you know, magic happens in the, in the digital marketing space. And, and yes. I had never intended on doing an agency ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever. But um, after going deep cover, man, there were some really, and uh, they don't need to be said who they are, really malicious, like um, they, were, they were taught to trigger you up in phone calls as consultants. Mm, interesting. And um, uh, I, there was one that really, really triggered me up so bad. So um, to overwhelm you, make you feel like, you know, how did you get to this place and how, you know, you should be worth more. I think you've got some issues here that you need to work on, like that kind of level, like that kind of level of talk. And it's like, Whoa. what? Yeah. And then um, it got so bad in one, one scenario where I was like, hey, listen, you now got the New York and me on this phone call. Don't you ever talk to me like that. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I, it was interesting because he was a really good bully until actually the New York and me came out. And I was like, don't you ever effing talk to me like that ever again. He's like, oh, let, let's, let's take it a step back. Let's take it a step back. You know, from these, these agencies, these online, the, the online, you know, ones that, you know, with some of that have, you know, they have got all kinds of reputations. But it was a very interesting thing to see how um, tactics to to trigger you up in any number of ways to get you to purchase in some way or another. And so for me, that was a light bulb of like, no one should ever feel this way. They should feel empowered in these type of activities in their business. And I'm grateful for you because I'm now going to come after every, you know, everything that you people don't like do, you know? Totally. And I think that for whatever reason, they, they got into this mindset of selling this way. Right. Um, because it probably, it, it does trigger a lot of sales a lot of for them. Sa- and a lot of sales gurus that taught them. And it's like, this is what you, ha- this is how you get the sale. And it's like, you know, you can actually just be a really good, genuine person and just be like, oh, here's exactly what you need to do. If you're ready, cool. If not, and no if, problem. And, it, and you can, and you can be successful doing that. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to be a pit bull, dirty human. And right. I, I'm finding more and more people are really turned off by that. Yeah. And it's not just in my industry. It's in a multitude of industries. We can sniff out the BS and the people who take advantage of you really quick. And for me, I just see that on a short term. Like if you are going to just be money hungry and just be out there trying to snatch every dollar that you can, that's that's a short term plan. Yeah. And it works for some people, but I don't think that they're building the value for like a you know, like, I don't want Sage Aubrey to be here just today and for the next five years. Like, I envision this to continuously grow. Mm-hmm. So I just think, and you've, you've got to be innovative today in the way that you sell. But I also think you need to be heartfelt and you need to be in the heart and the mind of your customer. And you've got to figure out how to connect with them. And the, the greatest resource we have in connecting with our customers is freaking social media. Yeah. That is that is so powerful. And 
like I, I, you know, I have a lot of women who come to me too and ask me business advice. I'm like, you need to first of all invest in Instagram because it is a very powerful sales tool for you and a machine that if you do it right, people will come onto your page. They'll feel trusted from you. Mm-hmm. They'll go into your stories. They'll get to know you better. And it's a beautiful like circulation of creating relationships. And for niche small businesses, it's hypercritical mm-hmm. to be well invested into your social media, whichever, wherever your customers are with, you know, with that respect. Um, not everyone's customer is on Instagram, but most people are checking out Instagram before they're even going to a website today. Yes. So knowing to add a lot of value to their Instagram page to look trustworthy Mm -hmm. is incredibly important. Like I've, um, you know, we always talk about like as, as entrepreneurs and very self-taught gurus, a lot of us have to become before we can hire people out to do this stuff for us. We dig in really deep and do a lot of research. So there are these certain people on Instagram that have built um, really incredibly powerful brands. I was like, I'm going to research how they did this. And um, there's this one specific chef that I love. And I always follow chefs on Instagram. It's bizarre, but I like they could sell me anything. And um, I listened to a podcast she did the other day. And she wasn't she said, you know, like I was I was doing really well, but it wasn't until I hired some of the best food photographers in the game that started to do all my photography for my feed. And that's when everyone started to like really come Mm. and bring attention to what she was doing. So for me as a fashion brand, the more the the more successful the brand gets, the more money I invest in absolutely to photography and people that are really, really good at creating content and shooting imagery because that is single-handedly one of the most important valuable aspects of you being in business today is the way your brand looks and feels through social media and what it communicates without saying a word. And so um, that's something, a powerful widget for anyone listening to this. It's important. You know, um, your intention behind it, though, powers it. Yes. Um, There's the only thing I'm, I'm throwing out there. And the reason being is the difference between you and some of these lifestyle guru people who have become very good with photography and videography to make it look a certain way falls flat. And the reason being is the difference is with you, there is love that's going into this is my world and my life and Mm -hmm. I'm pouring it out visually and verbally and, you know, photographically and videography. Like I'm using all of it to tell the story, my story, my connection to you. It's an open two-way, you know, it's not. There's nothing superficial about right. it. Right. And yeah. so I think that's a very defining characteristic of, yes, it, we have to invest in our content. Yes. And our voice has to back it. So it's, and and it and it, it connects the dots versus the curated stuff others seem to have. Yeah. yeah. And, and for anyone listening, that's maybe like just starting off or just starting to figure it out. You know, that takes time. Right. Like understanding Absolutely. that. I didn't come out of the gates. Right. Like if you look at my social media from two years ago, you're like, oh, you know, like, or when I first started doing stories, you're like, oh, that was, that was sucky. Like that was terrible. But you've got to be willing to do the best you can. And when you know, and you can do better, 
continuously do better. Like keep reading on how to tell a heartfelt story. Keep reading and figuring out how to take a better picture with your camera if you are in charge of creating your own content. And I did all of that. Yeah. And that was years of just training myself right. and getting better and, you know, allowing and un unmasking myself. The more I unmasked myself as an entrepreneur and wore my heart on my sleeve of who I really am and, you know, not be beaten down by this industry, the more I just put it out there. And then you become comfortable with your voice and your yeah. community becomes comfortable with your voice. And that's what they crave is that authenticity and the heart that comes from you, not from this masked human that we think we have to be. Yeah. Well, you make yourself highly relatable when you do that. Yes. And when you're highly relatable, um, which was, I mean, it was always one of the missions of this show was like, listen, in from the outside, it would be easy to see a person and how, quote unquote, well they're doing. Hmm. But the truth is that they're on a journey just as much as anybody else is. And you can actually close the gap of, you know, no, we're all just humans having human experiences. It's not like, and every person's at a different phase. And what might be hard for you, somebody, some listener could be like, oh, that's easy. I've got that covered. But I don't know how to do that and that that she does. Oh, that's interesting. Like, we're, we're not so different. We just, we're at different stages of the, of the journey. I, when it's relatable, um, it's more consumable it feels better and you don't feel overwhelmed. Like I just, I, f I feel bad for the world's overwhelm. That's probably one of my core, like, cause I know what it feels like. I know what overwhelm feels like. It mm -hmm. sucks. Mm -hmm. And like, why did it get, you know, shoved down our throats in a multitude of different masked ways that we feel overwhelmed or that we have to be somewhere at a certain place or we have to have a certain amount of things to justify like, Oh, I'm worthy of this, or you know, I'm I'm um, now you can take my advice. Like I've had people who literally like came to me, and if I'm only making like six figures at, at certain points, they'll go to somebody else who gave like eh, not the best advice. They go and lose from them, and they come back to me, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Oh, yeah, no." So this happened. I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "What is it in you that you had to go to somebody?" Was it because the portrayal and, and and even the fact that maybe yeah, they do make seven or eight figures. Like you can only take advice from that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just weird. Like, I, I've I, this is something new that I've actually more more have come into. Of like, you can do whatever you want to do. Uh, I love every bit of who I am and where I'm at and everywhere I'm going. And so that's yeah. And I think it's about tunnel vision. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people. Sorry for the rant. <laughs> yeah, and I just like I'm sure like you, you just I get into this tunnel, and I'm yeah. like I don't. The, the the industry that I'm in told me so much for so long. I mean, for years, I'm still coming out of what they trained me to think mm -hmm. and how I had to perform and how gotcha. I had to be a business owner and a designer and everything. So I'm undoing all of that now. And I'm like, I'm, I am a fashion designer. I do create, but that's not my purpose. Like, I'm like, I'm right. more into my community mindset now than I am like this fashion designer what's you know? what's that process of because i i like how, i like how you said that um that's exactly it um i'm just now for the last so much time been unraveling the former narrative yeah i feel like they it's this elusive industry and they want it to make it really sexy and they want you to hide behind what you do and your artistry so you do 
the opposite. <laughs> and so I'm doing the opposite. I'm like, I'm going to give them full me. Because I always think about, this is what I was thinking about. I was like, what if Carl Lagerfeld actually went on to IG stories? Everyone would tune into that shit just to hear what he had to say because right. he was such an eccentric, right, like crazy figure. So I was like, why? And that is what I found intriguing. Like, it's the people factor behind these, yeah. like, elusive things that I'm like, how do they operate? How do they work? Right. And so I was like, I want to bring people into my world and show them how I operate. And I am eccentric. And my mind goes 7,000 different places. And I am very creative. And they should be brought in on this journey with me so they see how all of how I operate as a human. Because that's what's interesting. And... So like, like even I think about like Alexander Wang, I'm like, I would love to just know how he operated his day, mm. like what he was like, you know, does he just like sip CBD juice and do yoga all day? Cause he seems so zenned out, right. you know? Right. So it's like you, you, you fantasize about these things. And I was like, I just want to bring the fantasy to life and I'm not going to act like something that I'm not anymore. Yeah. Because I think leaders, the next set of leaders are going to be the ones who just wear who they are. Yeah, I agree. Because they're relatable and we make mistakes and we have weaknesses. And when we can come to the table and say, you know, here's everything we got as well as our baggage, that makes us relatable. Like, you know, me saying, like I talk a lot about in my stories and with my community is that I grew up with severe learning disabilities. I was put into special education classes my whole life. They didn't know what to do with me because I was so far down below on the pendulum on some things and so high up. They were like, we don't even know what to do with this chick, so we're just going to put her into special education classes. And that for me, until I learned that I had dyslexia and I had dysgraphia and I had all these things that I was trained to have shame on. Like I thought I wasn't mm. smart enough or good enough or I could never have the ability to do it. And everyone in my household, specifically my stepfather, would always be like, are you smart enough to do that? Are you capable enough of doing that? And that single-handedly could have either stifled me or kind of made me like a beast. You know, where I'm like, I'm fine working twice as hard as everyone else. I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? I so, do. So I think that when we start unmasking ourselves and showing a bit of our weaknesses or talking about at the end of the day, I'm a mom. I my life is very multifaceted. Some days I'm fucking exhausted, but I still come on to my community. I'm like, I'm having a rough day today. Like I'm tired. I've got a lot of responsibility. I always feel like I have to show up and be on not just for mm. my community, but for my team. And some days these are really, this is really hard for me to do because I just want to lay in a, in a dark corner in a cool house and like binge watch something and not have any responsibility. Right. You know what I mean? So it's I like, do. it's like, I, I just want us all to be able to feel like we can be leaders, but we can be honest leaders and we can wear who we truly are mm -hmm. and still be accepted. And I think that that's something that is, I think, important across the board because we're not perfect. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's interesting. I, I love living in the in the imperfect. Yes. But I'm finding it, it's funny because there's this balance of I'm learning um, to you want to always rise above the bullshit, but we also do have to talk about the bullshit. So important. And it's a very fine line. Um, Meaning, um, 
Like I was thinking the other night, I, I was watching, um, after launching a new brand, um, I was watching a couple of different people who watch me very closely. And I, I now know like you do things so you can basically like, good luck. It's going to take you about six to 12 months to catch up with how things are built and all the marketing language on some of their profiles had changed and actually used some right from my site. Like I know it, like you get, you get used to it after a while. And I called it out on, uh, on IG and I actually ended up after about half a day, I ended up taking it down and I, and I think that that's where talking would have been different, talking on a story. And I'll tell you why. Taking it down is, yeah, but now I'm, I'm talking about a trigger without actually explaining a trigger. And now all I'm doing is I'm basically doing the exact same thing. I'm no better because I'm basically putting something online and like calling something out that now is taking my frequency down a level without the context of actually speaking to my community. Be like, hey, by the way, so this is something that I noticed and I want to share it with you guys. And is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? So the context I think gets missed. And you can pull it. You can ask the question. Yeah, exactly. And you can learn more about your community. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where versus just making a statement, you know, I was like, nah, it's too Kanye for me. Like, like, have you guys experienced this before? Right. You know, where you, this gives ability yeah. to ask a question and then further deepen the questions and the answers from your customers. And yeah. then you learn even that much more about who they are, their yeah. experiences, their mindsets. And I'm not saying that you just do it for that, but it's yeah. interesting when you oh, actually it's... have real dialogue, with yeah. real customers and what they've really experienced in their life. You almost even know how to formulate the way you speak mm -hmm. to them it's true. and craft it to them even better because you know deeply what's going on in their heart, what's going on in their mind, what's going on in their yeah. soul. And that's a connection. Yeah. And so I think that is like, if there's something to also learn and to take from, you know, just this conversation and going forward, it's like, don't be afraid to not be the guy who's the most successful right now. Yeah. Don't be afraid to say, Hey, and we're growing this like epic brand or we're doing whatever, but we're still getting there. Yeah. You know, we're still on this track. Absolutely. We still have, you know, like I still have to go climb seven different Evers to get there. Yeah. And, but it feels really good to have you guys all here with me and giving me the motivation to wake up every single day and go to that next level. It's true. And, you know, having that sense of humbleness. Mm, always. Um, and vulnerability and kindness, I think is just where the next level of the entrepreneur is really going to rise because we're done being screwed. Yeah. We're done with these people who don't show up for us. Like even in, I was, it was something, it was a conversation I was kind of having with myself in bed the other night. There was this gal that I was watching on Instagram and she was like regularly posting and stuff. And I thought she was like, had a really like nice captive story. And so I watched her and um, she had popped up on my feed the other night. And she was like, oh, I haven't been here in 40 days. And it triggered something in me. I was like, where the fuck were you? when we all need you, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. not that she had a huge presence. It's not, she had anything, but it's like you we're done with fair weather friends, right? We're done with fair weather brands. We're done right. with fair weather influencers. I'm, I'm talking about like coaches, like everything. We're done with all that. Like all we need the people that <laughs> where are you when we need you? Yeah. Show up. Accountability, integrity, authenticity, humility, humbleness, like, I don't have time to be, uh, to, to teach anybody any, any way else to show up. I can only show up as my greatest self every day. And I'm hoping for the mirror of the same from anybody else. Like I need that accountability, like from other people, like I don't have, like, 
I, I, I just, I can't, I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm done. Like I, I, I can't enable anybody to do anything. I'm not responsible uh, for, you know, um, how you show up. You either do or you don't, but I can definitely like motivate and say, I'm, I'm on the journey with you. I'll do it with you, mm-hmm. but you got to show up, you know? And But maybe that's like the superficial thing that we're talking about with the influencers because a spe- specific person was an influencer. So it's like, oh, when everything's great. Right. You're going to show up right in your cute outfit and act like everything's perfect. No, I want to see you grinding yeah. through La Quarantina with your kids right. and grinding it out like all of us are. Right. Like, that's what I, that's what's approachable to me. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, and I talked about this on another podcast. Uh, I, there was a trigger that happened um, because I'm always very vulnerable about my journey for the last seven, eight years. Now, maybe not as much on stories, but like, I'm very vulnerable about like what happened. Like I lost like everything. I had to start from scratch, all this other stuff. And I did a post uh, now that became a little infamous. It wasn't necessarily mine originally, but it was like, um, if you don't get anything out of this quarantine, if you don't get um, a new skill set or a new um, you know, hobby, or a new hustle, or, or learn something, you didn't lack time, you lacked discipline. Went crazy good. One woman, an elderly woman, went on a tear on me. She's like, I find this offensive. I find you offensive. She's like, how dare you? You don't know what people are going to to maybe like find their next meal, to find their next, you know, what they're going to do with their health. We're going to, you know, where the money's going to come from. And I went on a triggered, I mean, it was triggered. I I owned my own trigger, which was beautiful. But at least I still showed up even in that trigger. And I was like, don't you ever come on to my channel in my community when for seven, eight years I have been preaching about, I was like, I lost it all three times, lady, catch up. Maybe this is the first time you've ever dealt with this, but I, I was like, oh, and by the way, I also happen to do it with three deaths, including my father, who was my best friend and mentor. Don't ever come in my world ever again and ever talk to me like that in front of my community. Like, how dare you? And then she follows me from her other channels anyways. And like, but she didn't know my, con. this is where I'm talking she about the balance. Yeah. She doesn't know my context. So I did also check myself and I'm like, I'm only triggered from a place of like, you know, uh, from from the ego, from the lower chakras. That's all that that's really about because this woman doesn't know my story and I don't know hers. Now, she's mirror, she, she's projecting. Let her project. That's not my thing. But let me show my community, like, listen, this happens. I want you all to pay attention to why this is happening. Let's have a conversation about why this is happening. And by the way, in case I need to remind anybody out there who's been following for eight years, remember, we've been through this several times together already, you know. Yeah. So it's... it's um, I mean, it's an interesting world when we put ourselves right, out right. there. And some, like it's, I had a kind of similar sort of different experience. Right. Um, I was doing a give back with my face mask and oh, there you um, go. <laughs> they're like, I had someone come to me and said, I can't believe you're giving such a small percentage back. And I'm like, well, here's, can I explain to you why I'll give you a refund. And I also want to explain to you why there's such just a, for this specific product, I have a lot of other products that I'm giving like three meals to hospital workers, like where I'm basically making no profit off of it. I said I had to partner with somebody and then the, they keep raising the prices on all of these like elastics and everything. Like the industry right. is starting to rape and pillage people who are starting to, who are trying to make masks and do different stuff. So they keep raising the prices on us. So essentially by the time we go to sell the product, there's hardly any margin in it because I'm partnering with someone else. They keep raising the prices of the actual goods for me to purchase. And then I want to give a percentage back, but I, I can't be losing money. Yes. So I, I just said, I said, just so you know, 
I will happily refund your money, but here's broken down why there is just a small percentage on this face mask that's sold. Yeah. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. And I said, well, when they come in, I'm just going to send you one on the house. Nice. Because that's how I operate. I- but I just thought it was interesting how she was like mad at me. Yes. And I'm like, I'm just trying to do the best I can. Like the very best I can at this time. You approached her back with love. And I, how I sound to you is not how I sounded publicly. I was very, I held it together. <laughs> yeah, heard, yeah. I went on a tear a minute ago um, because it, it was, it was a very interesting trigger, but um, the three people that followed that were very, very brutal. I, I basically said, Hey, um, I know you might be going through some things. Everybody is. Um, do you want to get on a zoom call? I'm, I'm happy to, to talk with you and help you out in any way. Oh, good silence, silence, right. Silence. Yeah. Once, because now we got to deal with why you're feeling a certain way. Yeah. Um, so, yes, they can be mad. I, it's our job for context and love. Absolutely. And um, that's where people don't also understand where everybody's human. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's human. We're all on a journey. So uh, we're no different than anybody else. We can't have a trigger. We can't have anything that, that comes up. We have to own it. And we have to power through it and become even better from it. And, you know. Yeah. And what I thought was really interesting was that she was like a two-time customer of mine. So she knows my heart. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. So I'm like, (laughs) I wish she would have just said, hey, Sage, why are you giving such a small percentage back? And then I can be like, oh, well, honestly, this is why. Because I'm transparent about everything. Right. And then she could be like, oh, okay, I get it, you know? Yes. Or, you know what, I'll, I'll just move on and do a mask that's like a buy one, forget one for someone else or something. You know what I mean? And I that do. would be, I just wish that she would have asked the question knowing who I am. Yes. And like, I've always been philanthropic. I give back as much as I possibly can. So it was interesting to me that she had responded like that. So anyhow. Well, and you know, and that's where emotion can take over because yeah. you're absolutely right. Um, like, I don't know how long you've been following my brand, but everybody knows the story at this point. Mo- most people, I mean, I get that you pick up followers along the way, but like, but we talk about emotions. We talk about the journey. We talk about loss. We talk about like how to make pivots. We talk totally. about, so it's like, it, you're right. It's like, why is in the only, the only real true answer of why a person comes from that place is because they themselves are having an emotional um something happened to them in that moment. So there's a projecting always. And, but we, we wonder why couldn't there have just been a question like, Hey, just out of curiosity, you know, what, can you give a little bit more about in depth about like, cause I'm feeling a little bit of the, like ownership, right? Ownership totally. over your, your feelings. And, uh, and I, well, and I just thought it was interesting. Cause I was like, everyone knows to just reach out to me. Yes. You know what I mean? Like everyone yes. knows, like I get so many questions and I love the questions, even the hard questions. I'm like, this makes me a better yeah. business owner. It makes me a better friend to my community. Like, yeah. it just makes me a better person. So it just felt really, um, and maybe because I don't get a lot of those, like, negative sort of, like, mad at me sort right. of emails. Likewise, yeah. And so for me, it was, like, <laughs> such a moment where I was like, oh, my God, am I doing something wrong? Like, right. am I... And I had to question myself because I was like, am I not giving enough? And then that spiral, the whole thing for me, I was like, well, I need to give more. And how do I give more? And then I was like, but I have to also protect my team. Like I care more about, I mean, not like I care more about them, but I'm like, I've got a team that I have to pay for at the end of every single month. And I don't care about myself. I care about my team. And I've got to make sure that like, I've like, I've got a lot of responsibility too. 
you know? So it was like, it would just, it triggered a whole thought process yes. for me that I was like, okay, I've got to like, got to mentally deal with all this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I learned, um, even before this, but then even more so because of this, just having grace with yourself yeah. is everything. Um, because whether with a community or with customers or relationships or anything, a checking in of yourself, like, what were my intentions? How did I approach, you know, I mean, totally. before before somebody responded, like, why did I do this? What were my intentions? How are this? And I do a whole, like, go through the checklist. You're like, cool. Uh, uh, no, I'm cool. Like, okay, so this isn't about me. Let me have a little, you know, let me A, have grace with myself, but then B, just be loving back. And they can yell and scream all they want, but like one way or another, they'll probably come to a conclusion that they're going to have to do something and that they're only going to be greeted with love like right back. Like it's not going to, you know, but we have to check in first totally. to, to even have that level of confidence to respond accordingly because otherwise we can spiral um, um, from a, a thought process that can, you know, easily come from, you know, from however and long like ago. In a way, it was really good because I was like, "Am I doing enough? Like, right. do I have the right intention here?" That's true. It, it made you check, like, all your checks and balances of yeah. like, "This is what the costs are." Yeah, no, and I'm, I was I'm doing like, really no, good. <laughs> I feel fine. Like, I'm doing the best I can with this. Like, I, you know, so it was, um, it was good. I think it's, it's, you always just have to have a unmasked, very big heart. And a lot of patience sometimes when you are a business owner and, you know, you really, you have to figure out how to really deal mm -hmm. with the emotions of other people. Yes, always. And <clears throat> know that it's not always something that's personal. Always. And when you're so like, you know, I'm so divested into my community. Mm -hmm. Like I love them so much. Like yeah. I think of them as like my little gangster family. You yeah. Know, I protect them. They protect me. We grow together, you know? So it's like when some, when you get like a, a review or something that's like negative, you're like, oh my gosh, how do I even internalize this? Right. And for me, I'm like, I always want to make it better for them. I'm like, how can I make it good for them? Cause I yeah. would want them to exit happy, not exit like angry, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. So but you know, that's just the trials and tribulations of a. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely correct. You know, I had the former CEO of Honeywell on last week, and he he's he he was speaking to he when he went to customers, and he found out one that they were like, "Oh yeah, we're suing you," and he turns to his people and they're like, uh, "Did you know about this? No, did you know about this? No." He's like, "I am so sorry, you know, Mister Ms. So and So. Uh, can can I can I go back? I'm new here. Can I go back and like make sure that everything that you would." ordered is just getting done and it's on it like can you give me that chance to to rectify it? and he was just saying the importance of just really being about your customers and yes. getting to know them and 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 having that conversation with them and you know it's so important and and you're right and he also brought up like it's emotions going to be anywhere and everywhere yeah so people just need to either vent or to be heard mm-hmm so we can just have that space to either let them vent or be heard. And then we have to have such a strong sense of self so we don't have any emotions that feed into those, but can then lead accordingly after they've been heard or they have vented. Oh, totally. I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Know? And I'm so like... Um... Like I, no one else really deals with my customers either. So it's something that I still deal with. Like even my assistants or anyone who works for me, I'm like, I like to work with my own customer service because mm -hmm. yes. I know how I want to treat, not only I know how I want to be treated from a brand, 
but I also know how I want to treat every single customer. Mm -hmm. And so until I can package that into something where I'm like, I can literally sit and train people through every scenario. I'm like, let me deal with it and not trying to be like a perfectionist, like psycho, but I'm like, let me, I want to deal with my customer. Yes. Like this is, they came here for me. They have a right to like, deal with me too until we until I literally can't you know what I mean and then even some digital marketing will help take care of that (laughs) so you got scale well you know I I actually firmly believe you can make customer service at scale where um you know that's that's a conversation that comes up is using technology to leverage um so you can talk to your community in mass but still feel like it's a personal that it's personalized hey guys I'm still here and I'm bridging us all together in mass, but you'll know it's me. It's me. It's me writing this. It's me, you know, or telling my team member, hey, this is what I would like to tell each person. So you feel like it is coming directly from me. Someone just asked me that the other day. They're like, Sage, I love your customer service and I love your attention to detail and I love how you treat every single one of your customers. What are you going to do when you really start exponentially growing when you can't touch everyone the way that you want to like how are you going to put your personal spin on all of this like how are you going to keep doing it as you like it as you grow more and more it's so funny because I've had I had a gal just asked me that the other day but I had people who have kept asking me this and I'm like oh clearly this is something that I need to start preparing for it's a it's a natural concern um yeah. from people who now na- na- it's a more modern natural concern because of um one of me going through it and when you're really a part of the, when you've created a community you never, uh, we get into a narrative like, oh, sometimes we actually end up having a hard time scaling because we don't want to lose like the personalization. And it was, wasn't until I started realizing like, wow, like I'm, I'm tech and digital, like my whole life, like why am I not using it more? And, and realizing like, um, we use it to leverage the activity, mm-hmm. but my voice still powers behind it. And right. sure enough, because I free up time, I'm then also the guy that gets to actually answer like the messages and the emails. And, and people be like, you really answer the emails. Like, even though you're sending this out to like thousands and thousands of people, I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm like, go, go right ahead. And so, but it's because it's, we, we can do both. The, we're living in a really unique time where that narrative also is, I've noticed like we can still personalize mm-hmm. if we take the time to do that, you know, and in scale because we love each and every one of our customers. How can we not? Yeah, we'll have to you know (laughs) so absolutely so what what do you have coming up like what's what what's coming up for you well we are i'm dropping my personal sage aubrey Mm -hmm. so sage aubrey on instagram um i'm the sage aubrey for the handbags and the business and then yes and then um this sunday we are making an announcement on sage aubrey that's kind of a bombshell announcement um but what I've realized is that over the past, you know, four years since I've launched this brand, I have built really deep connections with all of the women at my community. And I feel like there's so much more that they could get to know about myself and my process and my day-to-day life and my kids and my family that I want to now open up and share with my community. So the next step for me really is having my personal Instagram. And really taking my community onto this new journey that is more personalized. And I get to really share even a deeper heartfelt understanding of who I am and who I am as a woman that I don't really think is necessarily appropriate, to be totally honest, 
on my business page. Right. So it's going to be really fun for me to be able to go on this new journey with everybody and share more of who I am and what makes up my makeup as, you know, a woman, mom, entrepreneur, influencer, speaker, like the whole bit. Yeah. So I'm excited about that because I'm like, ooh, what can come from just getting to know my girls and my community even more? So well, it's your voice across life, you know, your the whole life of you, not just the, the fashion brand, yep. you know? Now it gets to be like everything. Yeah. Like in any in any possibility, you know? Yeah. And there's so much more that I feel like I want to share. And okay. that I feel like I I've gotten to know my community and it's been such a positive force in my life mm. that I'm like, I feel comfortable enough that I can open up my family to it and I can open up my personal life and my thought processes and, you know, even more of the weaknesses and the hard times that I've experienced in my life that I feel like I, I need to share because more people need to know where I've come from and people don't know my struggle. They don't know what I've been through and I want to share that, but I, I feel like it, it just needs to be not shared. Absolutely. On my personal business page. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I so, do. Yeah. Um, it's not a sense that I'm separating from anything. I'm still the, I'm nothing's changed. It's just, I get to develop a deeper relationship it's an extension. and yeah. it's an extension of, you know, what I've built through the success of Sage Aubrey. So. Yeah. Well, it's the personal side of the, of the person running the brand. Yeah. You know, and people want that as we've discussed many times, I, you know, I've done a little bit more video <laughs> since we, since like a couple of years ago when you were on, uh, yes. but, but not. You were on it hard for a while. You were doing the videos. I was doing the videos on HDF for, for quite a while, yes. but it's story. I actually have a lot of fun with stories and it's interesting because right now, uh, especially during quarantine, people are like, I, I, I removed the seriousness of entrepreneurship yes. at, and more recently, um, that was a, a, a I had hit a, po a moment where I was like, Dude, where's the dude that used to have so much fun? Like, this is me saying this to myself. I'm like, I get it. Seven, eight years ago, I get the narrative, you know, divorce, uh, loss of this, loss of that, starting from scratch. I'm going to show the world, chip on your shoulder, prove to the world. I was like, get over it. Yeah, now <laughs> let's like, have some fun. Yeah, like, I basically, I was like, you know what? I was like, and look, I was like, we've made incredible strides. We're still very much a baby in the game of the bigger game that we're trying to play like get over it and start having fun again just at a newer stage um and it's opened up so much more and so it's like i've been going back to express myself like i love art most people didn't know i loved art like i love fashion most people didn't know i didn't love fashion i mean some they got i got an idea but i was like i'd only give trickles of information over time and so recently i've been expressing myself a lot more like showing a lot more humor of the things that like that i naturally laugh at and people are like yo your stories lately there's something going on the last couple months and i'm like it's all good like you know and it, you're right it's it's that um you know people are like literally they they dm me, they're like i come on for your stories every morning <laughs> like, like you like people what, love yeah, it yeah and that's that's actually i grow up more from stories than anything else because i obviously don't post every day on on my personal um and you know and i'll get there but it's yeah you know and it's and it's i'm now learning even showing the starting point of like here is the agency brand like yeah we got clients but maybe i should start talking about that more hey i want to do uh, I'm working on my first piece for a merchandise, which is why I reached out to you, by the way. And oh, awesome. thank you for that apparel, yes, yes. you know? Um, but yeah, so you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's so important to just show the beginning stages and, but then continue the conversation with the brand. Yeah. Because what I found was interesting when I started to like really study brands that were successful or influencers that were successful or like 
influencers that became brands and so on and so right. forth. They really, like some of them who really um, dug in and did a lot of analytic research on how they grew. And they had found that a lot of their people, like the first 100,000, mm-hmm. were still with them 10 yes. years later. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that 100,000 obviously turned into like 500 and then a million right. and then da, 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 da. But it's like, it was so interesting to hear how, you know, these people, when they showed their lives and they showed up every day and they showed the journey of who they were when they started to what they are today, they they captivated their audience that is still with them, that's yeah. still diehard loyal, that um, believes in them. And so yeah. I thought that was so interesting how these people evolved with this brand, with this person, and through 10 years span, mm-hmm. still supporting them. I was like, that, that should be spoken about because that's like gangster cool. Yeah. Like whatever they've done and how they, their ability to relate with this person for 10 years of their life is just, I think is magnificent. So that's amazing. And it's, it a, and it's absolutely true. And the, the, I mean, you know, these things take time, decades. They take time. And I have my customers who have been my OGs on, on Instagram who are still my OGs. Right. I'm like, and I know my OGs. And oh, I've yeah. been having the same conversation. I mean, we we're, they're like my friends. Yeah. No, it's true. Like, And on my wall, like you, you'll see them. They're like, I love you, brother. I'm like, I love you too, man. <laughs> like, we, we share the love because I'm like, I, I love you. I appreciate you. Like, they've been around since the minute. I'm like, man, you have seen me go through some things, like in some growth yes. and, you know. And, and the girls who first bought my bags yeah. when Sage Aubrey was nothing and yeah. I had like a crappy Instagram in 2015, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, like I do. they invested in it and yeah. they invested a lot of money when they could have bought like a Philip Lim. Well, you know, it's I, huge. and I think, you know, and they see you, they see like this, like, man, like this woman keeps going. Like, and there's just that, it's like underground music. Like they get to be there at the beginning, and they're like, "Man, I am, th- I am." And they're with like, it "I found the them." Yeah, like ah, yeah, you all are on her now. Yes. I knew it. I knew, I knew her or him way back when. Yes. You know, there's there's a sense of that camaraderie built in, like the diehards. So totally. Where can people reach out to you at? Sage Aubrey. So the Sage Aubrey on Instagram. It's T H E S A G E A U B R E Y. And then you can also find me at Sage Aubrey, S-A-G-E-A-U-B-R-E-Y on Instagram as well. And then the website where you can shop the bags is sageaubrey.com. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I love being here. Oh, man. I love talking with you. I, and after seeing, I was, I was on a panel early in the morning um, before you got there um, for yeah. the All Things Business. But when I heard you talk, I was like, yes, again, please just come back on the show. <laughs> Um, just because you're always so raw and real about everything, um, and you're willing to have conversations that aren't always easiest for a lot of people. Um, but then I think it, it immediately like eases other people's tension of like, oh, this person gets me, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no shit. Because she's willing to talk about the things that, you know, are, are normal for everybody. Yeah. And I love like when someone thinks like they can look at me and think, oh, she's probably superficial or they could have like their judgments about me. And I'm like, I'll show you. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, like, yeah. I'll show oh, yeah, you. Yeah. Just one minute with me and you'll know that yeah. it's nothing superficial, honey. So yeah. I like that. I like yeah. when I can break down people's barriers and understand that like I'm the real deal, you know? I, I love when people uh like, did you just answer my DM? Oh, like I thought, is this you or is this like a team member? <laughs> I'm like, it's me answering. I was like, and I'll even do the voice text. Oh, which I they, voice, lo- I love they love voice text. They're like, 
did you just take time to like answer me? Like, it's yeah, man. Like, did you just take time to like, uh, share, share my post and talk to me about yes. what you loved about it? So important. That's called respect, dude. Like, I appreciate you. And, and, and the guy was like, huh, I hadn't thought about it that way. I was like, yeah, no problem. I'm like, I thank you. I'm grateful. You know, so Absolutely. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. For everybody listening, please go to sageaubrey.com. Uh, she's got amazing. Well, you, it's not just handbags anymore. I mean, because you've got like. Yeah, we've got all we've got different widgets now. Yeah. Yeah. We've got small leather goods. Yeah. Her stuff is her stuff is legendary, by the way. Like, I, you know, you guys know I'm very particular about brands and products. Thank me later. That's all I'm saying on that. Uh, and then go to, on Instagram at the Sage Aubrey for the the collection, and then Sage at Sage Aubrey um, for uh, getting a dose of Sage. Uh, but you're gonna get um, the story on both uh, pages because she's in it. Like she's like the originator of like dope uh, IG stories. Thank like you. so, yeah. I appreciate you for coming on the show. Yeah, Thank you so much. And uh, by the way, you know you'll be welcome back a third time. You know I said like. I think only maybe one person has done three. No, yeah. Okay. So maybe. Oh, maybe not. Epic shit better happen in the next two years. Yeah, but it can be even sooner. That's the that's the beautiful part. Like it's a journey driven podcast. So you're welcome back on anytime. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And for Sage Aubrey, for myself, Matt Goddessman. Thank you guys, by the way, for you know constantly tuning in. And for you know, some of these we've had some longer episodes recently, and you guys have been listening to all of them. So if you're still with us, <laughs> we appreciate you. <laughs> yes. We go on an hour and a half, two hour run. You know, hey, we appreciate you. Thank you guys so much. Um, and thank you for the, all the ratings and reviews. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. And of course, for the house sold separately, we're out.